and welcome to the first ever podcast for One Happy Otaku. My name's Steph and some of you may know me from the blog Two Happy Cats. So this podcast is essentially just for all things otaku. I'll be talking about anime I'm watching, manga I'm reading and games that I'm playing. Or, you know, just anything and everything in between. So in this podcast, I'll be talking about Takaru Sasazuka from the Otomi game Color X Malice, my first impressions of the Switch, yes, I finally got one, the horror manga Doro Hedoro, and also a little bit about some new anime figurine announcements and my impressions and what I'm looking forward to buying hopefully one day when I finally have some coin. So as this um, podcast will be going through sections, once you hear this sound, that means the section is over and we're going on to a new thing. Um, I hope that makes it easier for people who maybe aren't interested in different sections and they can just kind of skip ahead. Let me know because this is my first time doing something like this and I'm always, always open for feedback. Okay, so first up in the game realm, I wanted to talk about an Atomi game called Color X Malice. So for those of you who haven't heard of the game before, it's essentially like a dating sim. You play as a young police officer who has been, like a collar has been, with poison has been attached to her neck and um, she has to kind of solve these terrorist crimes which are going on with the help of one of five really handsome investigators. So even though the game came out pretty much almost a year ago, I've only pl- just finished the third route and that's the route that I wanted to talk about today. So the third route I completed was for Takaru Sasazuka, also known as Seaweed Head. And he focuses on the June and August cases, which were, um, I think it was a bombing of a school and also the deaths of, like the shooting of, I think it was about 15 um, gamers. So the main idea behind these cases and the motivation for Sasazuka and also your character is because um, I believe it was the June case maybe, Um, one of these two cases essentially um, prompted the government to hand out guns and weapons to the people of Shinjuku. And, um, you know, when I started, even in the prologue, I didn't really like Sasazuka. He's that very typical Sundare character. He always calls the main character, your character, stupid like Bakaneko, stupid cat, or calls her Poochie like a dog. And um, gotta say, even when I played the route, I still did not like him. He did not grow on me. And I know there are people out there who enjoy Sundare characters. And I mean, just because I like it doesn't mean that you can't like it. I'm not trying to turn this, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I have this thing with Cinderay characters. I just, I really struggle to like them. Like, I know there's supposed to be a balance between them being um, quite rude and cold and also them being quite kind and loving. And um, I don't know, with Tucker, like Sasazuka, I really struggled to see the balance. I found most of the time he was very cold and unlikable. Um, but in this route, one of the things I really did like was you have a, in the game, you have a little brother called Kazuki and 
In a lot of the other routes, he's also very quite cold to the main character, and I quite liked in this route we got to explore his uh, motivations a bit more and his dreams and kind of see a bit more of that brother-sister bond, which I think is missing in other routes. Um, like I said, also, the main motivation for Sasazuka and your character is to reinstate the um, gun laws in Shinjuku. And um, it was interesting because towards the end of the route, there were some quite like interesting comments about um, firearms carrying in America, which I thought was quite interesting. I'm not going to make a comment on that because, you know, I live in Australia and we've got our own thoughts on it. But um, I just thought it was interesting, like, it was nice to kind of see, like, that the game wasn't just all fluffy romance and lovey-dovey, like, it did kind of take the chance to make some, like, political commentary, which I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, with the game, I've got two more routes to go, and so far, generally, I'm quite enjoying it. Unfortunately, like I said, Sasazuka was not my favourite character, even though his CGs were some of the ones I liked the most. Um, but yeah, we shall see how I go with the other people. So while I was in Brisbane with my mom about two weeks ago, we had the Australian Amazon Prime Day sales. And um, part of those sales was they had like a limited time deal for the Nintendo Switches. And when I say limited time, I really mean limited. Like um, they pretty much got sold out in less than a minute and the stock was so low. Anyway... Thanks to the folks over at Ozbargain, who are incredible. Like, if you don't follow Ozbargain and you're Australian, seriously, get on that website. It's so good. You pretty much just get constant updates of what's on sale and what's available. Anywho, so thanks to them, um, I managed to grab one because I had the all the info I needed. And um, over the last two weeks, I've had the chance to play my Nintendo Switch. And... I don't know, my impressions are a little bit mixed. Like, on the one hand, I'm quite impressed that it's it's got a lot of um, indie developers on the um, Nintendo shop, which is really awesome because I know it's really hard for indie developers to break out and it seems like there's so many games there and it's got, like, a really massive library. But on the other hand, it seems a lot of people are having issues with games just being unplayable. Um, I look at the um, Nintendo Switch Reddit quite a lot and people have complained about the game Neighbor, people have complained about Adventure Time, heck I've even seen people complain about Monopoly where the um, Monopoly AI just would stop playing if it realised it couldn't win. Like it's just pretty crazy that there would be so many issues with games on such an expensive console. I've also heard people on the Nintendo Switch Reddit talk about how their characters would move without them actually touching any buttons. Personally, um, I downloaded an indie game called Coma Recut and I had issues with the game just um, like my character would disappear on the game. Um, the game wouldn't register me clicking buttons and it was a really frustrating experience. Thankfully, I bought that game on sale. It was $10 instead of $30 and I would have been so angry if I had bought this game for $30 just because of all the issues. It was just such an unpleasant 
playing experience and I've also heard that with the Switch it's very hard to ask for refunds if the games are broken or have bugs. So I'm a little bit uh, with the Switch. I mainly bought it because I really wanted to play the Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee which are coming out in November and also the Pokemon game and the Fire Emblem game which are teased for 2019. So I guess perhaps not the best money decision to be buying a console simply for three games but um I recently purchased the Sonic one of the Sonic games on from EB Games so maybe I'll come back next time on the podcast and have a glowing review for the Nintendo Switch fingers crossed okay so now we're going to talk about a manga that I've recently been getting really into it's called Dorohe Doro it's by Q Hayashida and it originally started in 1999 and it's been continuing until now um actually it's coming up to its ending now which is really good because gosh it's a long series but um so just straight off the bat, the one thing that I actually only just found out about Dorohe Doro is that Q Hayashida is actually a female mangaka. And I find a lot of female mangaka, they tend to write shoujo, josei, or shonen ai yaoi manga. It's very, very rare to find a female mangaka who writes horror or gory, bloody series. So it's really cool. Like, I found that very interesting. So onto the actual series. Dorohe Doro, which roughly translates as muddy or mud to mud, is set in a post-apocalyptic future. And there's two types of people that live in the world. There's normal humans who live in a place called The Hole. And there's a separate world where people who can use magic live. And the series follows a man who, um, he kind of just woke up one day. Uh, like, he, not woke up, but he his head has been changed into a reptile and he doesn't know who he is and with his friend Nikaido he goes around and kills sorcerers in the hopes that he can find the sorcerer who transformed him because one of the only ways to undo a spell unless the, I think unless the sorcerer does it themselves you have to kill them so the series is um Quite interesting. Like I said, it's very, very gory. Like it's not for the faint of heart, but um, it's kind of like you know that meme of that guy with the conspiracy map, and he's like pointing to it, and he's like, you know, just like that. Re- he's like really intense. That's what Doro Hedoro feels like when you read it. It's like such a mi- mix match of things, and you're trying to pick little pieces of information out each time you read it to try to understand the full story. Like, I mean, when I actually read the first 20 chapters, I was convinced that I had skipped 50 because you're kind of just thrown into the world. There's no real introduction and you just have to keep running with it and try to kind of understand what's going on. Um, so yeah, like I said, Kaiman, who's the main guy, he's quite an interesting character. And, um, like I said, he has amnesia, but, you know, even though he has the amnesia, it's like he has this real drive to find out who he is and also wants to maintain his relationship with other people. So Nikaido is also his female friend who, who, um, works at a gyoza shop. And, um, 
Actually, it's funny because rather than the actual quest of Kaiman trying to find this magic user, I'm actually a lot more interested in the relationship between him and Nakaido. I find it a much more interesting story. Being that's my personal opinion. So yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting. Actually, it's strange though. I um, I find the art style very similar to Hunter Hunter, and there's actually one character. I am completely. I think his name is Shin. Shin. Anyway, he's the guy. He has this like heart shaped mask, and for some reason, he just always reminds me of a character from Hunter Hunter. And I've looked through, and I can't find the character. So I don't know. It just it seems like you could just pick him out of this manga and drop him in Hunter Hunter. But anyway, it's like it's really interesting. And if you are looking for something that's a bit more challenging and again very very gory, I mean. It's very detailed goal. Like, yeah, this is the one for you. Okay, so the final thing I wanted to talk about was over the last few days, there have been uh, heaps of new figures announced to be coming out. And I just wanted to go through and talk about some of the ones I'm interested in and that one day I may buy if I have the money. So first up, as usual, there are heaps of Nendroids available. Okay, perhaps a bit of a controversial opinion, but I kind of feel like Nendroids are like the more expensive version of Funko Pop figures. It's just, there are so many of them. So many. And yeah. But at least Nendroids, I feel like, are a bit more worth it because you get that kind of, all the different parts and you can make your character, um, pose in different ways and it's also a bit more like it's a bit more customized to the character whereas I feel like Funko Pop figures are a bit more the same shape for everyone anyway I won't get into it I know someone's going to complain about my opinion <laughs> but um so onto the Nendroids as usual there seems to be a few there's another Miku one I I don't own any Miku Nendroids but I do actually no I do I do own the Black Rock Shooter one um so yeah maybe I, I one day I'll have more um, so there is, I know there's a few Persona 5 ones, um, I probably won't be getting any of those just because I prefer having Persona like acrylic stands. Um, there is a few Token Rambu ones, um, I've seen they've announced they'll have banana fish ones, um, again probably I won't get but it's you know it's interesting to kind of see the designs that they have planned. Um, I've also seen that they've um, had some Harry Potter ones and um, the Harry Potter is also getting some cute Posket figurines. I mean, if you follow my blog or my, yeah, it's just my blog, um, I sometimes mention how much I love cute Posket figurines and actually I've collected, I've been trying to collect the Disney ones. So at the moment I've got Alice Rapunzel from Tangled. Um, I have... Um, Sleeping Beauty and Ariel so I really love them I think they're really cute but I'm a little unsure if I'll be getting the Harry Potter ones just because I'm not a massive Potterhead and if you're importing Q Poskets they are crazy expensive I mean even if you get them secondhand in Japan they're still quite expensive but importing them whew, that's like cost an arm and a leg um, I've also seen people are very excited that there is going to be a 10 count, two figurines for the two main guys. So for people who don't know, 10 count is a pretty popular yaoi manga. It essentially follows this guy who's got very 
um, serious OCD and to the point like his, he has to scrub his hands raw and the other guy in the series is a psych psychologist who helps him and essentially they create a list of 10 things the guy, the guy with OCD says he cannot do and they work through the list together. It's quite an interesting series. I mean, I studied psychology for my undergraduate and so it was very interesting to kind of see the ways it kind of tackled like mental health and also I think it's good to see series talk about mental health to try and destigmatize it. Um onto some other t um ones that are out. I mean, there's a few Dangan Romper ones which are coming out. Um there is a Chiaki one, a Kyoko one. I would love to have a Chiaki one. I only just finished Dangan Romper 2. Actually, no, it was quite a while ago. I think I finished it a year or two ago, but I'm still kind of reeling from it. And I watched the anime and I just love Chiaki. There is an adult Rin one coming out. I don't know if there's going to be an adult Ren one, unfortunately. I would love an adult, the twins. Again, lots of Miku ones coming out which look gorgeous. I mean, there is like, so there's Miku in kind of like a traditional um, Japanese outfit. There's a Miku, like a fairy Miku. And I think there is a Mirai magic Miku coming out. Personally, I was hoping to maybe see some Fire Emblem ones come out, especially some Nendroid ones. Um, I think, uh, not sure if it was last year or the year before, we got some really cute Nendroids of Elise. So yeah, maybe next year or maybe in the coming days, who knows. And also I'm quite surprised that I haven't seen many um, Boku no Hero ones. I guess, yeah, I'm just a bit surprised. I thought there would be like heaps of them. There's even like, I mean, there's even a White Blood Cells Nendroid coming out and there is no Boku no Hero Academia Nendroid. Perhaps I just haven't seen it, who knows. <laughs> Okay, and that is it for the first ever podcast for One Happy Otaku. I really hope you guys enjoyed listening to this. If you have any feedback, please let me know. As I said right at the beginning, I really love getting feedback. It just helps me improve as a creator. Thank you again so much for listening, and I will see you next time.